tired of the lamestream media brainwashed spin? Ever thought that maybe you were being lied to by everything you hear on the news? Are you craving some uncensored truth-telling perspectives? No censorship, no sugarcoating, no bullcrap. Just real, raw, and relevant perspectives with diverse discussions on foreign policy, healthcare corruption, monetary policy, and all things government? This is VT Radio. We're a virtual media powerhouse fueled by 100% independent writers from around the globe. Dishing out unfiltered truth bombs that matter. Diverse viewpoints, intelligent discourse, and a few informed opinions may make some weak people cry. Don't think of VT Radio as news. Think of us as your gateway. A place where current events become hot topics, informed opinions are expressed, and vibrant discussions are lit on fire. Coming to you from the VTForeignPolicy.com studio, this is VT Radio, with your host, Chief Justin Time. Welcome back to another episode of VT Radio. I am here with our amazing and special guest, Vaughn Klingenberg, and you have maybe heard of Vaughn, you have listen to Vaughn, you have seen Vaughn, and here he is again to talk about a special subject today. Uh, This is going to be a subject that you are going to want to listen to. You're going to want to pay attention. Come into the the feed on vtforeignpolicy.com and comment. Uh, Ask questions about uh, this topic. This is a topic um, that is going to stir some conversation. It is going to stir some thought, and I am excited to have Vaughn here. Vaughn, welcome to another episode of ET Radio. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Justin, and I'm very happy to discuss this topic. Why doesn't the Jewish community see Holocaust revisionists as their friends? Why does the Jewish community see Holocaust revisionists as their enemies? Uh, So I'm very happy to discuss that topic. It's, It's sorely overdue. And we have lots to talk about. Yes, and so it is. It is a topic that um, it might go a little deep. We might, um, if if this is a big conversation, I might split this up into two episodes. Um, and, and so we'll see. We'll see how you, uh, Vaughn, can unpack this um, tough conversation again. Why Jews should look at Holocaust revisionists? as their friends and not their enemies. And so there, there's a lot, there's a lot of tension, especially in America. There's a lot of tension right now. I'm going to kind of set the stage. There's a lot of tension right now that we all should be on the side of Israel, on the side of Jews. And, and I understand why being, being a Christian, being someone who has grown up in a Christian home, um, you are told, you are you are taught um, that Israel is the side we stand on. And for, for just and right reasons, as that area, 
prior to being called Israel was called the promised land, right? And and that's a whole nother little side subject that I was doing some research on this past weekend, Vaughn, about the timing of when Israel became Israel and how all of the uh, biblical Bibles of today call the promised land all Israel when Israel is more of a modern name. Whole nother subject, whole nother topic, whole nother time. But today we're going to focus on why the Jews should look at Holocaust revisionists as their friends and not their enemies. So to unpack why this topic is um, a great topic to have the discussion on and to have you, Vaughn, kind of unpack, goes back to maybe um, a little about what's going on in America today, what's going on over in Europe back in the day, and um, how what we're seeing today be a part of what went on back previously in history. So Vaughn, give us, give us a, set the stage for why this topic is such an important topic and how, if we, before we dive in, if we set the stage of what's going on in America today, um, how does that play into the part with this topic uh, that you want to discuss. So give us a little backstory, set the stage for this, and uh, fill us in on the why before we get into the topic. Okay. Uh, before I get to that, I would like to just address very quickly your claim that Israel is the promised land for Jews. I mean, what's to stop another person from another religion claiming that he was uh, enlightened by God, and that Palestine was given to him and his religion. So um, I, I think it's a bit uh, uh, it, it's slippery to claim that because one particular religious group claims that Israel is promised to them, that in anybody else uh, does not have similar claims to that territory. Yeah, no, I um, totally, As for your question totally, about background... I totally agree uh, in that sense. Um, like... Why, why is it to be owned by one, one religion or one group of people? Um, when, when I reference promised land, I'm, I'm more referencing the fact that that's where the whole Bible stage was set and it was uh, more of the glory land type of a deal. So yeah, um, I totally agree. How, how does one group of people get the power, um, to say, this is our land, um, it's no different than the Russians coming into where I live and saying, this is our land. You need to get out. It was promised to us. So, nope, I, I totally, I totally hear where you're coming from. So, exactly. yeah. All right. Thank you, Justin. Um, okay. As for background, um, let's begin. Let me begin by discussing this topic of the Holocaust by defining the Holocaust, and then I'll talk about background. Sure. Uh, I've got some stuff written here, which I'll make it read because it's easier. So what is the orthodox account of the Holocaust? In its simplest form, it is the claim that six million Jews died at the hands of irrational, hate-filled, homicidal Nazi German bigots who blamed the innocent and benign Jews of Europe for the post-World War I social and economic catastrophe the German nation experienced, that is, until the demagogue Hitler appeared on the scene to resurrect a prostrate Germany 
by scapegoating the Jewish community. Also, most of these 6 million Jews died by being gassed to death with Zyklon B, a variant of cyanide, in German-run concentration camps during World War II. So that's that's what I take to be the Orthodox. In, in a very you know, short nutshell, I, th- I take that to be the Orthodox uh, account of the Holocaust. Okay. Um, wa- some background, I'll also you know, read this as well. I've written considerably on th- this topic. Um, it has often troubled me why the Jewish community expends so much vitriol on Holocaust revisionists. They express palpable hatred towards anyone who challenges the Orthodox account of the Holocaust, however modest, and they coerce others to do and think as they do. Be that as it may, the simple fact of the matter is that the Jewish community should welcome critiques by Holocaust revisionists because we are asking questions the Jewish community itself should be asking, but for whatever reason they are dead set against even contemplating. Consequently, they do all in their power to demonize, intimidate, and silence legitimate criticism of the officially established, legally enforced narrative of the Holocaust. Um, Yeah, so any critique, I mean, Gentiles or non-Jews, if they do raise any critique or questioning of the Jewish community or Israel or Zionism, they're immediately slanderously labeled anti-Semitic and Holocaust deniers. And this deceitful practice uh, goes very much to the heart of how Jews think. I mean, the Jewish mind is, is very curious. Um, I will talk about that in a moment, but to, to, to also address your topics here, um, you know, the, the, the Holocaust is the basis for the establishment of Israel. And for that, I mean, for that extremely uh, important uh, fact, it's important to be able to criticize the Jewish community and not be slandered or mis, uh, misled as to the circumstances surrounding the actual founding and the way that state was founded. And obviously the troubles in Gaza today, uh, an open-air concentration camp, which is being invaded by the so-called Israeli Defense Force. Um, I mean, their goal, obviously, which I recognized long ago, was to basically transfer the Gaza population from uh, Gaza to Egypt. They want to do ethnic cleansing and do a transfer of populations. They welcomed, at least Netanyahu, and and I've, I've... written about this, you have it on Veterans Today, uh, Netanyahu uh, certainly knew about the uh, October 7th attack in advance. There's evidence uh, that uh, Egypt intelligence informed him of that three days beforehand, as well as uh, an American committee congressman also corroborated that that. Uh, Israel knew three, at least three days in advance of the uh, October 7th attack. I think that Netanyahu is using that attack uh, in order to justify the final cleansing of Gaza. And uh, the last I heard, there's been 20,000 deaths, the majority 14,000 children and women. 
and um, you know, typically the number of injured is you typically ten times the amount killed. And if that's true, then there's approximately two hundred thousand uh, Gazans suffering from injuries by the uh, Israeli incursion. And they originally said they were going to only attack northern Gaza, but of course, recently they said they're going to invade the south as well. And there's uh, two point. 2.1 million Gazan Palestinians in a territory five miles by 25 miles. So essentially, and it's the most densely populated. Essentially, uh, what you just said is um, 10% of the people so far in the Gaza Strip have either been killed or injured. Um, if there's 2.1 million and, and roughly 200,000 possibly injured because of the 10 times kind of how, how that figuring goes so roughly 10 percent of the population i want to i want to reverse a little bit to what you said about um the anti-semitic so there there's a whole desire for an uncovering here as to why why we have this very fiery very hot very um, and, and even before October seventh, um, there there's this hot topic of being anti-Semitic, not even towards the the Semites, but just towards the Jews, right? So what what is and why is this anti-Semitic conversation or rhetoric or? accusation towards people why is it so hot and i i it's even hard to ask the question because why why is this anti-semitic uh push on people such a easy thing to do against a population base when we have population bases out there right now that are doing horrible atrocities in the, you know across the world and if we speak out against them maybe we don't get labeled uh, anti-semitic or anti this or anti this or anti this so my my question is is why why does this population base called the Jews in Israel or maybe even in other places of the world as well but why do they get to carry this? anti-semitic backpack that if someone speaks out against them or disagrees with them like doesn't even have to doesn't like you don't even have to say anything angry about them you can just say i don't agree with what they're doing or whatever right what how do they get this power of calling everyone or having the rest of the world label people anti-semitic and almost fall into a cancel culture against that person or against this company or against this organization if they don't hail to or bow down to the the Jewish duties of what the Jews in Israel is doing. If you say anything, whether it's negative or not, if you say anything against their plan, Especially if you're a Gentile. Yeah. You're anti-Semitic. Why is that? Like, I am still, like, from a truth place i am still trying to wrap my head around why they have this right and ability to have the world 
at their side labeling every way, everyone anti-Semitic if you just don't agree with them. How? Why is that? How did it come about? Uh, yeah, that's a very good question. I'm glad you asked it. Um, I can already see our conversation could go on for hours. But to address your immediate question, it's important to realize that over 90% of the American media is either owned or controlled outright by Jewish oligarchs. And uh, as Marx once very in, uh, insightfully remarked, and Marx, of course, was Jewish, uh, the ruling ideas are the ideas of the ruling class. So the Jewish oligarchs that control the media you know, to over 90%, um, they basically have inculcated into the domestic populations a Jewish moral vocabulary. And the Jewish moral vocabulary of hate includes words such as anti-Semitic, Holocaust denier, neo-Nazi, Hitler lover, racist, uh, what have you. So basically the population has been indoctrinated into that moral vocabulary Unfortunately, most Americans do not question the, uh, the demographics of the media, and they assume, many at least, assume that what they're told in the media is at least mostly correct. And I think that's how these words, such as Holocaust denier or anti-Semite, has been uh, manufactured and, and applied uh, to uh, anyone who d would dare question uh, you know, uh, Jewish uh, behavior, Israeli behavior, or Zionist. So I think I think that's in, in the shortest way to answer. I think that's that's basically what's behind this. Was that enough truth bombs for the day? Need a few more? Keep your dial right here on VC Radio. Thought-provoking discussions, intelligent discourse, and conversations that'll question your reality. Reality. VT Radio isn't just news. It's your gateway to truth. No sugarcoating, just raw, real, and relevant information that may just make you think out of the box. Don't follow the sheep. They won't get you anywhere. Blaze your own path of truth by jumping online at vtforeignpolicy.com. Empowered by diverse perspectives from around the globe. Share your voice and ignite the conversation. Don't let the weak stomach cry. From the underground tunnels of vtforeignpolicy.com and your host, Chief Justin Time, remember, the fire of truth never sleeps. You've always got VT Radio, where we'll dissect current events Challenge the status quo and keep the flames of free dialogue burning bright. 